ladies and gentlemen, John Carroll Moore Jr. is no longer a Boston Bruin. May he live on with the whatever the Vegas Golden Knights, but maybe not yeah. Vegas, maybe just Anaheim, and we're back. I uh I I don't know where John Moore's gonna end up living, and neither does he. I'm sure that's very comforting. Yeah, what a what a day for the NHL. What a day for uh Bruins and Bruins legends. Um there was definitely more action than I thought there would be uh, for this deadline, which, I mean, hey, maybe the insiders and everyone were trying to, you know, set our expectations low, so at least we'd have some reason to watch TSN for, God, seven hours, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, so the trade deadline passed, and... Big if true. Josh Brown is a Boston Bruin. Biggest takeaway. I mean, yeah, just the biggest, the biggest ad for any contending contending team. Frankly, um, God, <laughs> let's let's start with the obvious thing, okay? And mention the real big defenseman trade, Hampus Lindholm to the and Boston drop. Bruins. I, God. I mean, it is actually good to mention Sherratt in this because Sherratt going for a first, a fourth, and a prospect kind of tells you where the market was for uh, bad defensemen, apparently, and then kind of also explains why the Bruins then had to give up a first, a second, a second, and Vakaninen. Obviously, one of those seconds kind of balances out dumping more, but... uh, that trade, I didn't fully expect. I didn't think it was going to actually happen, and then it did. How how did we feel about that? I just... So, I don't know if this is Photoshop or not, but someone ordered a Ryan Kessler Knights jersey. Oh they must gosh. have Photoshopped the picture of the jersey over in previous order, but I, I just saw that and had to laugh. Can you repeat your question, please. I was just giggling. Just how do how do we feel about the Hampus Lindholm trade? Great, especially now that he's signed an eight-year, six point five million dollar per ex- extension. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I mean, sure, three draft picks, a lot to give up, but you extend the guy for eight years, you get rid of John Moore. No offense, John Carroll Moore Jr. You have a vac who, I mean, yeah, twenty seventeen first rounder. It's twenty twenty two, about to be twenty twenty two twenty three season. So I think you're okay moving on from him. But vac and Axel Anderson lifting the cup in a couple of years will be painful. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we can't forget about Cody Curran. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Um, Providence Bruins legend. Oh yeah, might I add? Um, yeah, but no good trade. I mean, they defense wasn't their. I don't think it was gonna be their Achilles heel had they not gotten a big name defenseman. But nice to really solidify that, and I'm excited to see him in the lineup Thursday. Yeah, it's Hopefully, it's one knock of those. On wood, watch something happen. Yeah, knock on wood. 
it's one of those deals that it's like, was this the Bruins' most necessary need? No. Like, I think we can all agree second-line center was the most necessary need. However, with the way that the market was going, yeah, you basically weren't getting a second-line center. Because Hurdle resigned. Nobody. Yeah, Hurdle resigned, and then Giroux just basically said, I want to go to Florida, which is, like, fair. So going to be a Bruin next this summer. Yeah, and then at that point, work. <laughs> for centers, you're basically just looking at, like, Domi and, like, sure, I wouldn't have complained, but, you know, that not the most reliable guy. That five-minute segment where everyone was just like, Max Domi, please, Max Domi, please. It's like, yeah. I did not see there being a five-minute span of this day where we were just hopeful for maybe even someone like Max Domi. No offense to the guy, but. Yeah, in 2022. <laughs> yeah, it's just absolutely cannot complain about getting Hampus Lindholm. The actual deal, first two seconds, fact, obviously more there. You know, now in hindsight, uh, it is kind of weird to be giving up more considering the Bruins then didn't go out and do anything else. But regardless, you're still saving uh, $2.75 million just you know now and then also next season oh, so it's whatever their buried penalty was i don't remember what it was oh yeah but just from that trade they gained eighty three thousand in cap space which prorates out to some number that they didn't use yeah well josh brown makes 1.2 million so well yeah there you go that that's and that's also, who they use the space for did you see the condition on that trade today for josh brown uh there was a condition yeah and that seventh round pick coming to boston Oh, no. A seventh round pick will become a sixth if Seneshin plays five games at the NHL level. Like, ever? Or. Nope, just by the end of this season. Okay, I was going to say. Obvi- obvi- well, obviously, because the pick is this year. Come on now. Oh, yeah, okay. Come on now. Sorry, I didn't know the exact yeah, uh, yep, year yep, nope. for the seventh round pick. Quite well, important. Come on now. No, okay, I mean, I. Is that Pierre eh, Maguire just kind of like poking fun at Don Sweeney saying, if we play your 2015 first round draft pick five games <laughs> on a team that's going nowhere, we'll give you a sixth. You can get maybe a little back. <laughs> I guarantee whoever they pick, whether it's that, whether they pick in the seventh or in the sixth, guarantee they play more games as a Bruin in the Senation. And that's not even anything against Seneshin. I just know that that's going to happen because it's the Bruins and that just seems like a Bruins draft thing to happen. Um, We can, we can talk more about Seneshin because I kind of wanted to do like just the trades themselves and then we can talk about like Seneshin and Vac sort of on their own after because, you know, you're losing two young guys, but you know, some circumstances (laughs) there. Uh, yeah, Hampus Lindholm is a Boston Bruin, and can't complain at all. That basically gives you a really good top four uh, D group for, I mean, what, at least the next three seasons locked up. I think Grizzlick has, Grizzlick has two years Grizzlick left after this, years, but yeah. you get the point. Uh, you be, yeah, you have those guys, you're good there. You know, there's definitely going to need to be some sort of move in the offseason for Border Riley 
uh, because you can't have your two bottom pairing defensemen making six million combined. But I should trade Grizzlick. Oh my god. Or as Bruce Cassidy says, Grizzlich. Yeah. But obviously, you know, that's uh, that that's an issue for the off season. Uh, because the fact of the matter is, the Bruins have Hampson Lindholm now and until twenty thirty. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Him and McAvoy are just gonna be just gonna be on the team until the end of time. Uh, and I'm sure let's be six. One will be. Oh, wait. Oh my God. Quick math. Thirty-two. McAvoy will be thirty-two. Lindholm will be. Yeah, I was 36. doing quick math. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, the whole reason, uh, that that trade was also like, okay, cool. That's that's all right. That's pretty solid. Was yes, Lindholm then signed the eight-year, six and a half million extension, which is probably too many years, but the Bruins are going to be sucking for, well, probably at least after that second or third year of the extension anyways, so it's not going to matter too much, and it won't hurt to have a, you know, definitive top four defenseman, you know, teaching any prospects that come up, stuff like that. So, I really didn't see anything wrong with Hampus Lindholm coming. Um, you know, the underlying numbers... Not as great, but also he's been playing with Jamie Drysdale, and his numbers his young are also not great. Yeah, and obviously that's not saying Drysdale is going to suck, but... Wow, bold take. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. Hampus Lundholm's a Bruin. Uh, he is. And, I mean, the decor looks great. The Bruins added to an already good defensive group, and it should get even better. So... There's that. But, well, I guess if we're staying on the topic of defensemen, just briefly, we can then touch on the other Bruins defensive trade. Josh Brown, because why not? Right? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> the, the, my reaction to that trade was just, okay. Like, I... Whatever. Hey, like, defensive depth is not bad, but hey, let's get a forward, please. Yeah, please. it was just Anyone? like I can't. You know, it's nothing I'm complaining about. You know, Seneshin leaving was had been written on the wall for ever. Uh, and I mean, oh no, not a fifth for a seventh. It's the end of the world. But I don't know. Just kind of, kind of reminiscent. Additional of, seventh. Oh yeah, my bad, my bad. We've been over this. I'll be better. Good. Kind of, kind of reminiscent of the uh, Nick Holden trade. Just like, okay, sure. Like, man, if right. uh, wait, oh isn't God, Nick Holden a senator? Something like that. I, I think he if is. Josh Brown has the impact Holden did. Everyone's gonna be okay. True. Yeah, Nick Holden's a senator. He also signed an extension with the Sens. Oh, good for him. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, Josh Brown, he's, he's a right shot defenseman. It basically gives them another, you know, option there. If Clifton plus others get hurt, he shouldn't be playing every night. You know, I expect him to get in a few games here and there, probably just to make sure he can still play hockey, but probably going to be in a similar role as like what Kampfer 
was all those years, where it's just like, if so we need you... So he's going to score in the Eastern Conference Finals. True. <laughs> it's just, if we need you, you'll come in, but otherwise you're going to be sitting out. He's a defensive defenseman, doesn't really do much, so, you know. He fights. Oh, yeah, you can fight, so there's uh, there's your grit. Someone who's not going to be in the lineup, but hey. At least you can't say Sweeney didn't get grit. You hit, you hit our guy. Um, he's coming down in the elevator right now. He's just got to get dressed. He'll be right out here. Just hold on. Actually, no. Going we're going to strap a parachute to oh my God. Uh, Brown, and he's going to jump yes. out of the press boxes like he, like it's a battle oh. royale, and he's just going to come down and get, get a victory royale. He'll Fortnite dance on you. Oh, God. <laughs> just start <laughs> seeing him do the default dance. <laughs> Watch out. If you knock yeah. him down, he's coming back. Someone's going to get his reboot card. Going to go to the reboot van. He's coming back. The Zamboni is now the reboot van. You heard it here first. Uh, yep. All right. I mean, hey. It's... And Josh Brown parachutes down. He's Fortnite dancing on uh, Pat Maroon. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, while winning 5-1 to one in Game 4 in a sweep, get demoralized by a default dance. Okay, I'm sorry. Jack Edwards sounds really different here. Well, technically, it's not Jack Edwards because he wouldn't be calling a second round series because, for some reason, the NHL hates hometown broadcasts. Listen, anyway. listen, listen. I... Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, you never know. Maybe, maybe the Bruins play the Lightning in the in the first round, second and third seed. Question. Oh no. Given the trades, has your uh, preference changed for who you'd want to play first, Tampa or Florida? If you had to pick one or the other, oh, still think you got it. I. It's tough because Florida's like if you use the logic of oh Florida's a quote quotes here better team this year. Like oh, but play Tampa, and then you're thinking okay Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, Hedman. Oh oh Vasilevsky. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think Vasilevsky is, is so much more likely to choke. Choke. Yeah, he's so much more inconsistent that way, and Vasilevsky in the playoffs is just, but just gold. We didn't run down the names of Florida. Obviously, got Barkov, Huberdo, Kocheru, <laughs> Benchurat. Yeah. Well, we're making Benchurat again. Okay, change. Change the lines back for every shift that Sharat is out, and put Marshall Bergeron, Pasternak out, just against Sharat. I, I think you'll be fine with uh, Frederick Coyle Smith there. <laughs> Actually, that's true. <laughs> I don't think I think you're overthinking this one. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's tough because neither team are a team you should want to play against. Can I choose really. the Leafs? See can now that you can say I that, choose Jack Campbell. Oh, now that you say that, Jack Campbell's going to return to that October form. Okay, but, week, remember? but might I remind you that the Bruins have Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark, and with the power of their and hugs, Linus Allmark. they just the they end. just can't. They fun fact: Allmark and Swayman have never lost a playoff game together. It's just that fun hug. Fun fact: they've never lost the game that they've hugged in. <laughs> True. <laughs> don't damn. research too far into that one. Yeah. Maybe they have, but we'll never know. True. 
God. I mean, okay. If I was to answer okay. your question, I would take Florida. I would rather play Florida than Tampa, solely yeah, because right, the Bruins can't beat the Lightning. Right, losing six instead of four. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's basically what the what the choice choice is. But yeah, I Reinhardt, Barkov, Huberto, Giroux, Hornquist, Bennett, Duclair, Verhage, Lundell, Cho Thornton, Achari. Oh no! Wait, wait. We're playing Florida. We're gonna trip them. That's what I was just gonna <laughs> say. We're gonna trip them all day. Yeah. Literally, any. Just it's not a goal. Just put. Just have. You know what? Have Josh Brown from the press boxes throw bananas onto the ice right in front of Nolachari every single time Achari's on the ice. You can't say that a Bruins player playing in the game tripped him. It's just a fan in the stands, you know? You can't fault the Bruins for that. <laughs> the camera pans to the press box. There's just, like, a massive bin of bananas just right next to him. What are we talking about? This is supposed to be a serious hockey podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, we have always been so serious. Subjective. As we have already but... mentioned, Josh Brown default dancing on Pat Maroon in the playoffs. And now Josh Brown <laughs> throwing bananas from... The press boxes. This is all your fault. And that has happened in the last five minutes. Ah, who has more fun than we do? (laughs) Probably people who aren't Bruins fans. I guess a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah. So, the defense basically looks pretty solid. I will ask you, though. We don't know what the Bruins are doing exactly because Cassidy has said, oh, Lindholm will get time with Carlo or McAvoy because, of course, why would why would Cassidy ever tell us that? Um, who who would you put Lindholm with, Carlo or McAvoy? I, I, I would say there is a right answer here, but... Well, in my opinion, I, I've seen the stats for Grizzlick McAvoy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can break that up. Maybe, you know, instead of doing the... Remember the whole uh, against the tougher teams and in the final minutes, we'll go... Uh, Forbert. We'll go Forbert McAvoy. Maybe but... instead of Forbert McAvoy, you go Lindholm McAvoy. Jesus maybe not necessarily against tougher teams, but, you know, yeah. you maybe don't need Grizzlick doing spin moves and twirl moves and... Apparently hip checking. He's a hip checker now. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what's happened there, but six games he just throws at least one per game. I'm like, what the hell? But anyways, I honestly put him with Carlo, height pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what is Lindholm's? What six four? Carlo's six five. Yeah, yeah, Lindholm's six four. Yeah. And yeah, then, I... you know, I think you could honestly. You could always just mix up the pairs, especially if you oh, know yeah. you got legend uh, Josh Brown in there, maybe <sighs> give, or, give or take. Imagine yeah, think... Clifton and Brown competing for a spot. Oh God! But Riley and Forbert also exist. Yeah, that third so. pair is going to be Riley Forbert, and I, I don't mean, know how to feel. I mean, I I can't I can't complain about having four people competing for two spots. Because theoretically, that should make all of them better. Keyword no. theoretically. <laughs> um, that is a keyword. But uh, we'll we'll see about that. Yeah, I I would. 
I would say, like, in most cases, you keep Grizzly McAvoy together. That pairing just rules. It always does. And I know there's always going to be people, people that say, oh, Grizzly's too small. And it's like, okay, then how does he do so well? In situations, sure, he can be too small, but that yeah. doesn't seem to be the majority of the but, time. Yeah, and, you know, but you like can overall... easily be like, you know, for the times where Bruce Cassidy in the past hasn't done it at all this year once he changed the lines up. Uh, Pasta, you're back on the top pair. I'm top pair, top line. <laughs> you can easily do that if you notice yeah. Grizzlick's maybe not having a good night or getting pushed around a little bit, especially if you do play Tampa. A team like Tampa. Yep. Uh, is more in your face and cheap shots and I'm just kidding. I mean, but <laughs> it's a fluid situation. It doesn't need one answer, and that's where yeah. people are not the not thinking the clearest because then they're arguing with people because they maybe have a different viewpoint. And it's like, guys, technically neither of you are wrong. We can we can yeah. do this different ways. Like you can do you can do both. <laughs> like it's like in most situations, yeah, Grizzly McAvoy, but like late in a game or you know it's Plus getting really time physical. To, like, yeah they have time to figure that they, they have, have 20 games to give games to for each you know yeah. like and if somehow like hey grizzly carlo works really well and hey then McAvoy really well maybe you take two really good pairs over one great pair and one i don't well, think one we don't know and home and carlo would be bad but say even if they weren't you know, it's not just to get the best top pair. You want to yeah. push your playoff time. You need three pairs that you, you can consistently roll. Yeah, and, and with that, the big thing is, you know, it, it feels like such just like the hockey guy type of thing to say. But Lindholm eats up minutes, and you need that in the playoffs. I wonder if they taste good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what he has that with. But... God, yeah, I I think whatever they decide to do there, it sh- it should work out well. And obviously, you know, we know the Bruins like you know also know what advanced stats are, and so they also consider them because like obviously it's not like you're looking at points and seeing okay, Grizz like McAvoy is like a really good pair in the NHL or like as some people say, literally the best. Um, but. You know, they they know like Don Sweeney in his press conference for acquiring Lindholm literally said like, yeah we know that like the team was like, uh, you know really high up there, like top of the league in terms of expected goals against like top of the league in the good way, but we felt like okay, we have a chance to get someone to really solidify the top four and like yeah, cool, good, which then brings us to the issue though. Of not acquiring any sort of forward. And this is where the, yeah, cool, good, fun, nice one, Sweeney, goes down the drain. No one mm-hmm. no one was traded for. Jake DeBrusque was extended at like 9 a.m., which threw everyone off. I, was, <laughs> I thought he was going to be traded by noon. Yeah, I... I was certain once he signed that extension and it was announced, I was like, okay, so he's gone. It's weird of them to announce it and for the Bruins uh, social media team to literally have a graphic made for it. But, I mean, surely that means a sign and trade happens today. And then, it, nope, it didn't. But I guess they 
they got rid of the issue of, you know, the qualifying offer and always oh, going to be an RFA. And then, okay, he signed two years, four million per shirt. Yeah, that, I didn't <laughs> even see any like, oh, DeBrusque retweeted the, the uh, extension tweet. That's funny. <laughs> like recently or just like at some point? I did it. Hold on. Uh, it's right up on my feed. Three minutes oh. ago. Oh, yeah. Literally. Yeah. I see it, too. <laughs> I mean, hey. Yeah, I thought he was going to get traded right away. And, and like, honestly, like, if he... I don't think he needs to be what he was in 2019, because I don't know if he's capable of doing that again. Mm-hmm. But if he can be somewhat like that and maybe have a good playoff run, you know, maybe they are able to sort something out. Because if you can get decent Jake DeBrusque, $4 million ain't that bad. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... But oh, there is know. a playoff season to be played. Who knows what could happen? You mm-hmm. win a cup, maybe that changes your feelings. But, changes feelings, raises say, trade value, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, first round pick McDavid type things. Two first round picks is someone got for a certain someone. But back to what you're saying, though, one player gets hurt, not you know trading for a reinforcement on forward. Yeah, makes it a little uh, scary. Sounds stupid and overstating it, but it makes you worried because. What are you saying? Chris Wagner is their most experienced in terms of playoff games played, even in regular games played, I guess, too. For, yeah, uh, like I, I like tweeted a lineup earlier today um, and basically figured that, okay, the extras, at least you know, forward-wise, are Stadnika, Bleed, Steen, because at least those guys have actually played with the NHL team this year. But then, yeah, Wagner, who's played in Providence all year, is, like, the most experienced who, like, wouldn't be in the lineup when everyone's healthy. Which, uh... I... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about that one. But... Yeah, it's... Like, on on DeBrusque... Because what I was going to say was, like... Yes, we all know he's inconsistent. Like, you'd have to... You'd have to be just an idiot to not know that at this point. Um, and when he's on, he's really, really good. When he's off, you don't notice him. And, you know, I think some of that can be minimized playing with Marshawn Bergeron because naturally just playing with a guy like Marshawn, playing with a guy like Bergeron, you're just going to get one more ice time and two just more chances because of how good Marshawn Bergeron is, which just, you know, should help DeBrusque hand in hand. DeBrusque obviously isn't a bad player, so he can obviously complement those two. Uh, but I think, I think the biggest thing I've thought about with DeBrusque is like, Jake DeBrusque is a good hockey player, right? I think that's fair to say. He is good at hockey. But the difference between... Most a, are that are on that level. Well, yeah. But the difference between a good player and a great player is probably number one consistency because if you are consistently scoring 25 goals the season and it's just like consistent goals just throughout the season as opposed to bursts and you maybe score 21 year 
maybe some more than X, maybe less than X, and it's just all over the place, then it's like, okay, we don't know what to think about you. But if you're just consistently scoring 25, I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty great hockey player. DeBrusque still has a chance to be a great hockey player. I don't think it's going to be with the Bruins, but maybe he can do some of that in the next 20 games and however many they get in the playoffs. And who knows? Maybe, maybe there's something there. God, I hope there's something there. (laughs) But keeping DeBrusque, all right, sure, that's fine. Like, I wasn't going to be, you know, super upset either way about, like, what happens with DeBrusque specifically. The issue is not bringing in anyone else. Definitely. And mentioned this sort of at the start of the show. A a second line center wasn't going to happen. Um, it just wasn't like we had been saying that for like two weeks, it wasn't going to happen. So like that thing, I'm like, yeah, Sweeney obviously gets a pass on that. Like you can't control hurdle resigning. You can't control Zeru just saying no to Boston. Like, you know, that's not your fault. Um, but not going out and getting a winger. That's where you can kind of go. All right. Maybe, maybe there's, (laughs) maybe there's an issue with not doing that, you know? Not even, like, a top six guy. Like, even, like... Like, how the hell don't you even get a bottom six depth piece? There's plenty of those. Yeah. I I mean, obviously, unfortunately, we're not in the... Uh, in these meetings and these uh, phone calls to hear what the hell was going on. But yeah. it'd be cool. But uh, So who knows? I'm sure he was trying. But, I mean, I saw yeah. what was the quote that... Nothing moved the needle. Yeah, there was okay, no deal well... that was going to like significantly move. The... I'm paraphrasing, but like, there was no deal that was going to significantly move the needle or whatever. Well, yeah. you need a move that maybe will stabilize the needle should it need to be stabilized. Yeah. Um, and I've I've seen people say, okay, like I I understand what Sweeney's saying because, like. If you compare DeBrusque to guys like Raquel, guys like Garland, DeBrusque has 26 points in 58 games this season. Garland has 33 in 59, and Raquel has 28 in 51. So Raquel is two more than DeBrusque. Garland has like seven more than DeBrusque. You know, is there a good upgrade there? Because, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. It's the, is there a good upgrade there? Plus, is that price going to be worth it? Who, I don't know. Because Raquel, Raquel got moved for, what was it? It was like, it, second, it didn't seem like A couple much. roster players and a couple of like depth roster players. Yeah, like Dominic Simone, Zach Aston Reese, Kale Klang, who I've never heard of in a second. Which, I mean, you gotta feel like DeBrusque and probably a third would be able to do that. But, I mean, I think at this point, like, DeBrusque staying was just what Sweeney was going to end up doing. If there wasn't, if there wasn't a move that was going to really be like, yeah, that's, that's good. Because we can absolutely knock on Sweeney for not getting someone. And we have in the past, like, not getting Mark Stone in 2019. Ooh, ooh, that was so annoying. Um... But when he, when Sweeney does do deadline, hey, they had to hold on to Stadnika because oh yeah, 
because he's going to be so good. Untouchable. Yeah. But when Sweeney does do deadline deals, they are normally always good. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I'm saying deadline deals. I'm not saying anything else before anyone yells. I'm just saying when Sweeney does deadline deals, they are good. And he always looks for good value, which, like, that's fair. But honestly, sometimes you got to just overpay to go for it. Tampa Bay has done that literally the last three seasons. Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrow were not worth first-round picks when Tampa traded for them. Now, obviously, Coleman certainly flourished and did a lot better than I think everyone was expecting. And, I mean, Goodrow probably was st- still an overpayment, but they won the Cup, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And sometimes, if you need to fill a hole and you're already a deep team like Tampa was, you can expend those those picks to put you over the top. Mm-hmm. And teams should do that. But when chips fall, and chips do fall, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, there's a point I was going to lead into. Sugar. Anyways. Um, yeah, but... Anyways, I'll just go back to my main point of not even a depth guy. That's a little cause for concern if, you know, well, let's just put it this way. The Bruins and playoff injuries <laughs> might be a little history there. Yeah. So it's just a little concerning. But And yes, I, I do think Raquel is a lot better than DeBrusque. I will say that. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. And at least more consistent and has a more solid resume but I, I don't know maybe maybe the trade never was there although I doubt it when it given that you know Kasha came from the Ducks Richie came from the Ducks Lindholm came from the Ducks everyone it's just the Anaheim Bruins and the Boston Ducks when are they uh, uh, gonna get secrets called merge oh under one big team um, I don't know. Can we move them to the West? Yeah. Because we were talking about this before the episode. Um, but the Bruins would be third in the West. Like if, if you know, like points wise, they currently have 83 points. That would be good for third in the West. They'd be one point back the Flames. And they'd be like six points up on the next team. If they were in the Western Conference, but because they're they're in the East, they are seventh and in a wild card spot. <laughs> so basically, we pick up TD Garden. We just use yep, a really big crane, um, and someone just just basically carries it all the way to somewhere in the Western Conference, and then perfect. Where where I'm are we, thinking where San are we Diego. Looking? Okay, that works. I mean. You know, you can't kind oh, of overpopulate in California. Oh, yeah. Hey, you wouldn't be lacking people that could come and see the games. Would they? Who knows? But I, the that Indiana works. Goals might take up. I was going to say fans. that works perfectly because the San Diego Gulls are, of course, the affiliate of Anaheim. So Look you get to it's watch. Just... You get to watch people who are going to be Bruins in like five years. I mean, I mean, it's, on. it's a flawless idea. Bruins to San Diego right now. 
I, there is no argument that can be presented right now. Nope. There is there is no possible reason to not do this. So there you go. Bruins are off to San Diego. And this is our way of coping with the fact they did not get a, another winger. <laughs> is by talking about Josh Brown, Fortnite dancing, and now the Bruins moving to San Diego. Uh, I I want to ask you. Oh no, this never ends well. Yeah. Go off. I mean, I th- I know your answer because I also know my I know our answer is going to be the same. Can this Bruins team win a cup? Sure, I think. Given what we just talked about with forwards, though, and not getting a goal scorer, they need a lot of things to go right. But that doesn't mean they necessarily can't. No. Yeah. You? They This Bruins team can win the Stanley Cup this season. The question is, will this Bruins team win the Stanley Cup this season? And you need a miracle. And hey, Connor Clifton scored a goal today. You can get some miracles. That was pretty wild. Um, but I don't know. It's regardless of what was happening today, regardless of what the Bruins did for a move, unless they went out and traded for literally Kucherov or McDavid or Dreisaitl, the Bruins were always going to be underdogs going into the playoffs. Probably, I think, yeah. I think even if at the end of the season, you're looking at, okay, maybe the Bruins get like the third seed in the Atlantic. I think you're still looking at the Bruins as underdogs because... Leafs, Lightning, Panthers, has they've kind of just been the teams all season. And the Bruins have sort of just had a resurgence since the start of 2022. So I think you'd still be looking at the underdogs. And, I mean, really, if you put these, like, the Bruins lineup on paper against the Leafs, Lightning, or Panthers, you're choosing all those other teams. If you're looking solely at the lineups. I think that's fair to say. So they were always going to be underdogs. Hey, maybe they do well in that role. Because, you know, maybe maybe it can't hurt to not be, you know, to to be the guys where it's like, okay, maybe you're not expected to do as much this year. And maybe being doubted can be some sort of motivation for some of the guys. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is a, oh, game seven, but, like, look at the Blues. Yeah, literally. It, like, Artists that team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, like. You say, I yeah, don't know. a lot of times. I do. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to keep going, but. uh, I, I'll ask you then as just, like, a general ask question. Me. And I asked Twitter this. What grade, what letter grade do you give the Bruins for this trade deadline? B minus or B maybe? I don't I don't know. Because a C team seems too low, but a B seems maybe too high because you failed to address the key issue with your team as currently constructed. It's kind of hard to be like, fully positive and 
fully on board, but you did land a good defenseman, so kind of rewarding of a B. I'd say somewhere between B minus and a B, I guess. That is basically exactly where I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I. It's just. Was it the best? Was it the best trade deadline? I'm like, no. I don't think anyone's gonna try to convince you of that. Every trade deadline ends up sucking. I've yeah, there, no trade deadline is ever a great trade de- deadline. The whole point is teams overpay. You don't get everything that you want because this is the NHL, and that's just not gonna happen. But I think the Bruins did pretty solid. You know, like they did a solid job. And for that, I would say, yeah, it's like a B, you know, B minus. I think I would give them. It's like, you know what? You addressed a need. It's great, great acquisition to get Lindholm, sign him. Really good. But then you're also ignoring this other part. And uh, in terms of the people on Twitter that did the poll, 422 votes. Uh, Flex. S- <laughs> Yeah, I was I was surprised it reached that many people, um, and I can just quickly, I'll give you actual numbers. So six point four percent of people voted A, as an A. Wow, trade, look at you! You wow, you is, did the math. Which is twenty seven people. Uh, I want yeah. whatever drugs you're on. Uh, yeah. I'll go down to D next. So thirty seven people, I guess thirty eight people voted D. I also think that's way too harsh and you're overreacting. Yeah. Um, I guess. So 189 said C. And then 168 said B. Which is basically about where I would think. It's like yeah. B, B minus, I can see like C plus. And I think that's fair. And we can complain about not getting a forward, and also say, yeah, it's still a solid deadline. Because ultimately, the Bruins did make a big move for Lindholm. So. I also, in that tweet, I said, like, include the Lindholm trade as, as well, like, in that. Obviously, yeah, it's if, funny obviously if we're just saying separate. today, then, <laughs> well, bit of a letdown, but just a little bit. So, we're still talking about the deadline, obviously. Uh, I think we should touch on Zach Senishin and Urho Vakaninen. Okay. Um, man, it it's tough with Senishin because, like, it's it's not his fault. He was, uh, it's not his fault the Bruins reached for him. And, you know, you'd think if you reach for someone, you might play them a little more. But, I mean, that that, that debate doesn't matter now anymore, because he's with the Sens now, but... Sens legend. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's from Ottawa, so it just it always yes. made sense. But, I mean, hopefully hopefully you can find it with the Sens, because it's just like... It just felt like every single time... Be like, okay, maybe the Bruins could call up Senishin now. Okay, they didn't. Alright, next time. Okay, the Bruins should call up Sen. Just didn't really happen. Yeah, we were talking about it multiple times this season where other guys get the call before he did. And- yeah, and... Okay. Yeah. It's I mean, just- we don't get to watch AHL games. But, I mean, that's 
that clearly ain't a good sign in his standing with the organization or how they view his development. If I think he was having like a pretty solid slash good season based on what I had seen, but mm. well, not anymore. Well, not for the Bruins. Anymore. Yeah. And Vakaninen, uh, it's it's annoying. First round pick in what twenty seventeen, and man, he got hurt in his what second ever NHL game, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, because he played two games in the eighteen nineteen season with the Bruins. Uh, his second NHL game was in Ottawa, uh, <sighs> because I was there. And Black. I remember Mark Borowiecki elbowing him in the head, and I was like, maybe twenty feet from that, and I was like, "Hey, that's that's not good." And uh, yeah, the the whole thing was just always felt like injuries were really getting to him. Obviously, getting a concussion there just doesn't help much. Um, I mean, he always had good potential. That's why the Bruins picked him 18th overall. Um. Hopefully, again, like it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, hopefully he can he can find it with uh, with Anaheim. Maybe maybe him and Axel Anderson just just go off as the Bruins legends, the Bruins legend pair. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm also simply choosing to ignore for my sanity. People picked after him in that draft. Yep. <laughs> Like Josh Norris and Robert Thomas right after him. <laughs> Anyways. Things happen. Uh, one last thing on... Uh, I guess two last things on the Bruins specifically that I have. Because uh, I, I was like wondering... Okay, Hampus Lindholm, right? I wanted to see... Because when he posted on Instagram, he had a photo of him with Timu Solani on the ice. I was like, there is... Like, I did not believe that their careers overlapped. But they did, because Lindholm's first ever season was 2013-14 uh, with the Ducks, which was Timo Solani's last season. And I'm going to read out some of the names on this Ducks team, because it is honestly really funny. Uh, one in net, you have Jonas Hiller, Frederick Anderson, yeah. and John Gibson. Yeah. And then Lee. forwards. Well, I guess not. For, I'll just forwards and defensemen, you know. You got Ricard Raquel. Stefan Robida, Lucas Spiza, Devontae Smith Pelly, Emerson Edom, Francois Boschman, Ben Lovejoy, Sammy Vatanen, Jakob Silverberg, Matt Boleski, Timu Solani, Pat Maroon, who had two more points than Timu Solani that season, Saku Koivu, Koivu Daniel Winnick, Hampus Lindholm, Kyle Palmieri, Dustin Penner, Cam Fowler, Andrew Cogliano, Matthew Perot, Nick Benino, and then Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlav. Which, I saw that and I was like, Jesus, there are, are so many people on here that I did not realize were ducks. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's funny. Time flies. Really, yeah. That That's definitely something that I thought we might, like, that we should do in, like, the off-season off or something when everything's slow. It's just like, look back at just random rosters and just be like, well, what happened here? Or I was thinking, because that one night where, like, I think the Bruins were playing 
and like you had gone back and looked at like a few old Bruins trades and then I also did the same thing and then we looked at the Leafs that could be a lot of fun to do as a you won't believe like this trade happened type episode and we just like go back through like you know maybe I take like eight teams in a division you take eight and we just go back and look at them could be fun but no that's yeah that's a little while from now we have Good idea we have a playoff run Stanley Cup to win in the meantime so <laughs> Eric Hall wow. lifting the cup as the second line center <laughs> gonna happen um Bet. yeah god uh Kevin Weeks absolute legend absolute legend I swear that dude was gonna break a trade literally while skydiving and I wanted it so badly um if anyone didn't see please please go into Kevin Weeks his Twitter feed uh from the last few days that that dude was breaking trades while getting haircuts I, it was just it was just absurd to follow um and then of course hockey twitter memed I loved it, it because it was it was just fun and kevin weeks is truly growing the game we love to see it <laughs> they had, they definitely needed a personality like him in media you know they been so dry no offense to the you know real core like elliot friedman i love bob mckenzie anytime oh, bob, bob mckenzie's on my screen oh, i yeah. have a great time i but, I, I watched tsn like mostly all day just for bob yeah there was the one uh video where he, uh kevin weeks had the bucket on his head or something oh my that god hysterical yeah. it's just you know they needed that they need some kind of character and you know good really good for the sport i would like to believe yeah and you know having kevin weeks do those do those videos you know in random places everything whatever is a lot better than elliot friedman simply tweeting max domi to car or nick merkley slash anthony potato space sj slash nyr that is how he broke one of the trades and like elliot friedman he's great he has so many sources 32 thoughts great podcast and his article it's all great but like you need you need some of that personality otherwise it's just gonna be like you know whatever and i i saw a tweet that was it said like nfl reporters have like a full 250 like word essay ready to tweet the moment that like a signing happens or a trade breaks and like has like the agent's you know, everything, like, the agent's saying as well, written in it. And then, you know, there's just Friedman saying, Raquel to Pitt. But, you know. It is what it is. We're not exactly here to... I was muted, but I was laughing. Oh, okay. Um, but here's one thing from Elliot Friedman uh, a couple weeks ago. Here, I'm going to play a little video into the mic. It's funny. Oh, you okay. might not be able to pick it up, but I'll explain it after you can't. Uh, Shalgren, by the way, 68 saves on 69 shots in his young NHL career. That story is gaining traction. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, if you, in case you it, it went through did not fine. pick it up, it's well, good. yes, but in case they didn't put two and two together, two and two together. Um, is that David Amber? I think that's, that's David, David Amber, Amber. Yeah. Talking about that, I guess you pronounce it Shalgren. From the Leafs who stopped, I think they said 68 of 69 shots. And of course, the joke, 69, you say nice. Elliot Friedman waits a couple seconds and slips in a nice. Yep. The most calm, like, oh, natural way. Oh, it's, you know, it's 
obviously Elliott's good for the league too, but very nice to see Kevin Weeks taking that. I've obviously here in the States. I don't know if, do you guys get NHL Network up there? Uh, I mean, not that I know. I, I don't get it. Maybe some yeah. people do, but. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's a thing up there, but he's been on the NHL Network for a long time and I, I sometimes would watch it and, you know, I've, I, man, he seems like a great character and just a, I don't know how to describe it, but the way he, you know, he's not the, okay, he's not like the older hosts who don't say things, you know, in a very colorful way, in a way that maybe the younger generation would pick up. You know, he's just so good at painting a picture with words there. Boom. Perfect. I don't whatever but no he's great and i'm so glad he's getting the the recognition he deserves and you know it's it's a long past due for the nhl to get some good media personnel and hopefully it only grows from here yeah plus let alone with uh today on espn plus and even on the main espn channels when you know it's around deadline time they had an actual studio broadcast for the trade deadline i can't remember the last time an american broadcast team has done it usually nhl network would just simulcast sportsnet sportsnet or tsn yeah yeah usually just sportsnet not even tsn which like fair yeah that's fine but like you also should probably try to do something on your own and i don't think i'm not saying what espn did today matched tsn or sportsnet but it was uh, that Bouchergross, Kevin Weeks, uh, Emily Kaplan, Ryan Callahan, and John Tortorella. It actually wasn't terrible to listen to. <laughs> it wasn't terrible, and it's nice to see them actually trying to do something on their own for once. Because, yeah. But I was excited this morning. They had the TSN on ESPN+. Plus, but, of course, the second their own stuff started, they pulled that stream. Yep. And that was kind of unfortunate. But... You know, they got to, I think ESPN needs to keep doing more in terms of the media personalities they have and their broadcasts and their shows to keep growing the game in the U.S. Because I think that's been a long overdue problem. The only channel that really cared about the NHL before was NHL Network. And let's be honest. Huh, who would have thought? If you're not, if you're not an NHL fanatic, you're not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to pay for this channel, this extra channel. I'm going to pay for it to be on my cable subscription. And they didn't have the best productions. Yeah. And they're finally starting to maybe invest. And hopefully it gets better cuz I don't want to go back to <laughs> I don't want to go back to how it used to be. So, yeah. Hope. There's hope and you know that's what the game needs. It needs to grow in places not named Canada. It's popular in Canada, of course. Grow it elsewhere. Anyways, yeah, let's, that's my let's let's get rant. let's get some uh, hockey players coming out of Saudi Arabia. I honestly and like that that is like unironic. Like I I want I want to see that. I want to see like Saudi Arabia just compete in the Olympics because it'd be fun. Grow the game, get people to play around the world, and like yes, it hockey. I think the U.S. would take it more seriously once they joined because of the whole oil stuff, <laughs> <laughs> oil joke. <laughs> yeah. And anyways. <laughs> Like yes, hockey is 
like hockey is at an, at a disadvantage just by like by existing because they're so ex- equipment is so expensive maintaining ice is expensive renting ice is expensive like it's hard to do um like it, it's a lot different than something like basketball where you literally just need a ball and then you can make a hoop out of literally whatever you want and you're good um like a peach basket wasn't that the old original ones yeah back in the olden days yeah so man always we always want the nhl to grow because hockey is so much fun and even though the nhl as a league sucks the sport's yeah. great <laughs> so i was gonna say we want the nhl to grow even if the nhl itself does not want to grow yeah or if any of the players do not want it to grow. Connor McDavid, please develop a personality. Seriously. And add some flair to your house, please. Uh, oh my god, yeah. Bland. Thank like, you. Anyways, like, uh, your dog is kinda cute. Yeah. Like I don't like Thanks, Connor McDavid. I don't like LeBron much, but like at least he has a personality and I have reasons that I could not like him, right? McDavid, it's just he is bland. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> like I and Tom Brady, he is probably mentally insane, but he is also the best he quarterback. Is coming back. And okay. he is also coming back. And he creates drama, and he creates people talking about the league. Now, I'm not saying Connor McDavid should go this offseason and just retire and then come back, but... Come back a Bruin? Okay. Oh, true. But, you know. Uh... Alright, we are already at 57 minutes, but we are, you know, it's it's the trade deadline episode. I kind of expected this one to be long. So we will hit on the bigger important uh, trades that happened. We're not going to, you know, go in depth on Nikolai Delorier to the uh, wild. Nikolai, is he Russian? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Whatever, Nikolai. Nick Delorier. Yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. Uh so I guess uh the Flames moves overall. Obviously they got Tyler Toffoli. Uh they also got Kelly Yarncroft for a second, a third, and a seventh, which I thought was a pretty nice move for the Flames. Really makes that team looking good going into to the playoffs. Really like how they're looking. Uh Tampa traded two firsts, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk for two fourths and Brandon Hagel. Which, I mean, after seeing that price, I think we were all like, yeah, okay, the Bruins were never going to pay that in a million years. Yeah, nor should they have, especially with the uncertainty of Bergeron. You can't trade future first. You don't know what the hell's going to maybe happen. Yeah. I I mean, obviously you can slap conditions on it, but then you're just pushing it to the following year and you could be worse that year. You know, it's just, just they couldn't, no matter what, trade a first round pick for the next two years. After this year is what I meant. But yeah, that's a good trade for Tampa. I yeah. Don't care. It, it's a good trade for Tampa. It's a lot to give up, but also you get Hag over the next two seasons and one point five million yeah. for a team that's salary cap strapped. Trading Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. Is that how you pronounce it? I uh, that's what I guess. Sure. Well he's Canadian, I figured you'd Freaking no, but that pretty much... Oh, sorry, Boris the... Kachuke. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> that pretty much <laughs> offset the cap. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, look at this. Tampa saved sixteen thousand dollars in that trade. Of course they did. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, good trade, good return. I mean, that's I think both teams win that probably. Although if you're Chicago, I'm not sure why you're giving him up. Signed for two more years, twenty three. Looking to be more of a part of the solution than maybe a problem, but I guess given that your team has some bad contracts and some older players, maybe you want to kick those first down the road and maybe get a better player or two. So, I mean, I guess I understand it. And Radish and Kachuk. Yeah. Not bad. I think it was Radish who scored last night or the night before for the Blackhawks already having an impact. So, hey, good trade all around, I would say. Yeah. And that's that's the same thing that I would say about uh the basically the next big trade that happened, uh Lindholm, you know like good trade all around like I kind of kind of really didn't mention like yeah it's also pretty solid for the Ducks they get a first two yeah. seconds a young defenseman who can maybe do something and just you know John Moore who can just slot in there if he's on the Ducks or if he's in Vegas or who knows, uh that story is interesting we'll get to it at the top of the list of and course. Plus- John Moore's played over 500 games. Anaheim's got a lot of young defensemen. You know, just any positive ear, I mean, yeah. any positive voice in their ear isn't a bad thing. So, can't hurt. Keep piling up those picks and getting rid of the players you're going to lose in free agency, anyways. So, <laughs> yep. You know, hey, good for them. Yeah. Next on the list is one that we mentioned earlier, of course, because. Uh, Claude Giroux said no to the Bruins and just wanted to go to Florida, which can okay. also be seen in what the return was because it was Giroux, German Rubstov, what a name, Connor Bunneman, also what a name, and a fifth to Florida, of course, for a first, a third, and Owen Tippett, which, I mean, for Claude Giroux, that's, uh, that's a win for Florida every day of the week, especially because Connor yeah. Tippett really hasn't been... Connor Tippett. Yeah, he has not lived up to the hype in the NHL. I don't know, like, and the first. Oh, sorry. It's a 2024 first round pick, and it's lottery protected. So if it's top 10, then Philly gets Florida's 2025 first, which, okay. Um, But yeah, that's like, that's absurd. You'd think the Flyers would want a pick that's now like, that's just. Right now, they're kind of rebuilding and be, or I guess retooling and be nice to, you know, get a young guy coming in now, but uh, I guess not. Apparently, that's not what they want. And uh, instead, sure. instead they just traded away with Giroux and a not so great trade. But um, one thing I do want to mention, uh, not mm. not a major trade, but the Canucks essentially trading Travis Hamanick for Travis Dermott is an absolute win. Uh, I have no clue why the Sens decided to trade for Hamannick and give up a third for Hamannick when he was literally on waivers earlier this season. Because um, he makes $3 million this year and next. And uh, he is uh, he's not exactly good anymore. <laughs> you want to talk about defenseman fetching a pick? <laughs> Jeremy Lasson for a second? Oh, I, I hadn't gotten to that one yet. Um, you know what? Good I know, for I wanted to jump. good for Seattle. Uh, I don't know why. Like I, I always liked Lazar. I don't know how that dude got a second 
um, from Nashville. You know, it's probably going to be yeah. like 50 overall plus, but even then, I I don't I don't know we'll how that would happen. Daily, is... oh, or... Daily Faceoff currently has Lausanne slotted in on their second. Oh, okay. uh, Elite defenseman because Matthias Ekholm is hurt. So, oh, that's, I did not know. So that. if anything, it's a young guy that they're bringing in. He has term. He's team control. Maybe learns behind you know Yossi and Ekholm. Not bad guys to learn from. But I just I can't imagine why they gave up a second for him. But you know, uh, speaking of <laughs> Seattle defenseman, whoa, Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell went to the Leafs for two seconds and a third. How do we feel about this one? Uh, good trade for both. Uh, again, I'll say it. Yeah, it's a lot of these are actually just like solid trades. Like there weren't too many where I was like, okay, that's an absolute like fleece. I don't think Giordano is amazing. He's not bad. He'll help them. Yeah. Like, he won the Norris in 2019, but... but... I think we both said this. Yep. Play good defense. But if your goalie's not going to stop a beach ball, yeah. it will not matter. And turns out, Toronto will rock with the goalies they have, which maybe Jack Campbell getting healthy, which he's only really been hurt for not that long, might help. He was really starting to suck. Yeah. Before this injury seemed to pop up, so you can play stout defensively. But if you are uh, got the goalies you've had for the last two months or so, good luck. I, that's not me saying they're an auto out in the first round, even though that's the joke. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, hey, it'll be interesting to see. I'm just glad they didn't really make another splash because that would have... That would have put the Bruins in a much deeper hole than they already are looking up at those three teams, even though technically tied with the Leafs, but if they would have gotten either Flurry, well, Flurry would have been a wrap, I would have <laughs> yeah. I would have said, okay, Leafs are winning around this year, but yeah, I mean, good trade, Seattle gets two seconds and a third, I mean, hey whatever, Yeah. good enough I can't wait for the playoffs, I quick I'm side so note, this is my favorite stretch of the year, oh yeah because you see the deadline acquisitions everywhere, and Playoff hockey right around the corner, although we still have to wait. 20 games, but like I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll take 20 games of Lindholm getting integrated into the Bruins That's just defense. enough time for someone to get hurt. All right, we're not having fun then. Uh, anyways, um, time for the next big trade. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins acquire Nathan Beaulieu from <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets for a conditional seventh-round pick. Oh, it was so funny watching the guys on, like, James Duthie just bring that up, like, every 20 minutes on TSN. Because it was the first and, like, the only trade for, like, two and a half hours. And And it happened at, like, 5 a.m. Yeah. Uh, The Coyotes acquiring Jack McBain for a second. I know the Coyotes have a plethora of second-round picks, but isn't that a little bit of an overpay? I know people are hyping him up, but... I think is he that good. This is I fourth mean, year in college. Yeah, it's it's well, tough. Of course, he's over a point per game, but I think it's an overpay. But yes, a team like uh, Arizona can afford to do it. I, like I think that's fair to say. Like they have literally four first or four second round picks this season. <laughs> they're they're gonna yeah. be fine. Um, yeah. But it's still just like, I mean, okay, probably a little much, but if 
If he can be good, then sure. Uh, next up, Bruins legend Marcus Johansson is going back to Washington for Daniel Sprong, a fourth and a six, which I Seattle won that. Uh, Mojo is. I mean, rental, right? Anyways, so no matter what, I don't think uh, a team that's not going anywhere trading a rental. Yeah. Can't really lose it. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, good for them. I mean, hey, Daniel Sprung. I mean, I remember when he was really hyped up with Pittsburgh. Was that Pittsburgh? I think it was his yeah, original yeah. team. And I saw his card from Jay Fresh. He seems to be okay. So maybe they can find something there on a team that desperately needs something going forward. <laughs> so, hey, only 25. So good return for Seattle. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, of course, got moved to Minnesota for a second. Well, a conditional second could be a, could become a first if Minnesota reaches the conference final. And Fleury has at least four wins in those two rounds. So basically, I just it's a second. Say, yeah. Because Minnesota's so funny. not making the conference final. No. It's so funny, though, the second clause, part of the clause, where Fleury has to have at least four wins in the first two rounds. They are so reading into the fact that Every playoff run, well, the last two playoff runs, well, technically not the last two, but when Pittsburgh won the Cups and Murray yeah. took over, and then when Leonard took over, they're like, wait a second, we're really going to put some stipulations. I wonder how they come up with these stipulations. Like, okay, so will you be okay if this player were trading to you if he plays like, oh, I don't know. 37.5% of the rest of the games with you. Um, That pick needs to increase. Are you okay with that? <laughs> it always seems so yeah. random. Yeah, I don't know how they but... judge that. Like, just throw a dart. Like <laughs> This one's playoff wins. This one's five games with Ottawa before the end of the season. <laughs> or whatever. It's funny. Yeah. I... <laughs> I owe to be an NHL GM deciding conditions because honestly, that seems like so much fun. Just be like, you know what? No, no, Pierre, we're not making that trade because I need a condition on that pick. And the condition yeah. is that fourth can become a third if this dude plays in 50 games, scores 50 goals for you. Okay, sounds good. And breaks two sticks in the next three games. <laughs> it's and if it rains, literally, on the, third the, Friday the conditions of next just April. become an ESPN stat. Oh my god! I will well, give you a third. Could become a second if LeBron James scores fifty points on August twenty first, twenty twenty four. Now you might think basketball players don't play in the summer. You're just predict predicting another pandemic. Well, hey, maybe there's a new league. Maybe it's going to be the the NBA, Alex but this Lee. time the N stands for new. So it's the new basketball association. Oh hey, the SNBA, the Summer National Basketball oh, true. Association. All right. Good trade for Minnesota. <laughs> I'm surprised that it was Minnesota. I don't I, yeah. I know Cam Talbot's not the best, but I also saw stuff that, well, again, there's the conditions. So maybe they're wilds counting on them not even making it to the conference final because they didn't want to give up that first. 
So, hey, it's, I'm just glad Flurry's out of Chicago. Let me just say yep. that. And now my question for you, jumping ahead a little, would you rather the Bruins have paid a fifth in Zach Senishin for Josh Brown or just paid a third for Justin Braun? I mean, Justin Braun isn't much of a... I mean, I will say this, Connor Clifton's better than Josh Brown. So. Yeah, I uh, yeah, <laughs> I would agree. And I would say Connor Clifton's... I haven't looked at Justin Brown's card. I know he's more of a defensive defenseman kind of like Clifton, so I don't... Well, Josh Brown is slated as that, but I, whether yeah. he does much defending is neither here nor there. It's debatable, yeah. But, yeah, so, hey, a couple of right-handed depth defensemen. Woohoo. Yeah, I mean... Ideally, if you had to trade for Braun, he probably doesn't get into the lineup anyways, because you would hope Forbert and Riley are ahead of him, and probably even Clifton, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's whatever. Josh Brown, he's a guy. Uh, he's a guy. Avalanche got Arturi Lekkinen from the Habs for Justin Barron in the second. I like that move for the Avs, and I mean, the Habs get guys back. You know, it helps. year old defenseman in a second, so... Yeah. It's funny, so I feel like a lot of these trades, more than normal, have future picks. Not for this draft, but for yeah. the future. It's, Which is weird, know, because like this draft... I mean, at least the first round, I know this is supposed to be a good draft, but... Yeah, There's a lot of them are... saying that next year's future. draft, 23, is going to be a crazy draft. Also should be. Allegedly. That's, that's Connor Bedard and Matfei Michkov, but also... I've never heard of that second guy, but yeah. He's playing in the KHL, except he's under contract until, like, 2025. So it's also... Like, he's projected to be one or two with Bedard, so, you know, then the issue is, okay, if you draft him, then you're literally not getting him for, like, two years. But, I mean, if, like, if you're Arizona, mm. I think you're fine with that if you're then just getting him right after. So, uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> Should we jump up to the uh, Andrew Cop trade? Yeah, because <laughs> looking at the trades in yeah. between. <laughs> Andrew Cop to the Rangers, along with a six-round pick, uh, in exchange for uh, Morgan Barron. Uh, a second round pick, which was the. Wait a second, did they just acquire that second round pick? No. Okay, I thought maybe the Rangers acquired one of those second round picks for, but that was for Buchnevich and whatnot. Yeah. So they traded two seconds, a fifth next year, and that Morgan Barron for Andrew Cop. But there's a couple conditions. But let's be honest, we don't care about a Winnipeg Jet condition. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay, and here's where it starts to pain, because the Bruins were supposedly in on cop, which, when they hated it, would have been whatever, kind of. Yeah, been two, addition, two seconds for cop, I mean, alright, but I wouldn't have yeah, complained about getting high. him. No, but, definitely not. And then, But not getting him for that is like, alright, okay. Right after 3 o'clock. <laughs> well, right as 3 This one was right as 3 o'clock was coming. Yep. Uh, Ricardo Kell heating up. Well, thought maybe the Bruins would get it because they their name was around Raquel all day. It seemed. Nope. He goes to the Penguins for Dominic Simone, Zach Aston, Reese, Cal Clang, and a 2022 second round pick. I mean, Raquel's gonna score so many goals next to Crosby. So let's just move on because yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get upset. I mean, Crosby or you know Malkin. <laughs> yeah, whichever whichever one. And then the last trade of the three o'clock hour. 
I mean, there were so many that came in after three. Yeah, but the, let's be real. Victor Rask for future considerations ain't that big. <laughs> well, Tyler Mott might be a decent depth pitch up. Pitch up? I, he doesn't pick up the needle. Or, not no, to quote We're, we're moving but... a lot of needles, but yeah. Max Domi in a three-way trade from Columbus to Florida to Carolina. And that was us Bruins fans were getting a little desperate. I I just saw the whole timeline was spammed from Bruins fans saying, Max Tomey, please, Bruins, yeah. please. And that was like, that lasted like all of a minute before it was. Before it was basically, to yeah, Tomey to Carolina. And I was like, all right, okay, cool. So they got no one. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Carolina's really good obviously and that's a good pickup yeah. for them you know they don't i don't think he'll be in the top six which i mean if you're getting max domi for a bottom six role then i think he got a pretty damn good team and yeah, i mean it's also what he's been playing in columbus yes but <laughs> literally with corrali but yeah yeah and chinnikov who you talk crap about yeah and then he scored, shit get hit. but um and plus max domi's game kind of fits that whole like playoff intensity where sometimes he ends up just suckering someone yeah but hey good pickup for carolina i don't and one last thing i think i mean we can mention this ryan kessler and john moore <laughs> to vegas for dadanov in a second that probably won't go through because there's a problem with the yeah somehow vegas just forgot that a no trade list exists or the agent forgot so understand so that trade happened. Vegas was moving off Dadnov because Dadnov makes five million uh, per year. And they're cheating the cap. Yeah, they need cap space because Stone is on LTIR. I'm assuming they might try to activate him earlier if possible because one, they're decimated with injuries still. Like that injury list from like like two games ago was absurd. Like they literally had like ten regulars out of the lineup. Um, but you also the, have Alec Martinez who yeah. making five and a quarter on. LTIR. They gotta try to move fourteen million off LTIR. Well, so once the playoff, the if they make so the playoffs, then it's all good. But playoffs, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Dadnov is the player that's making this trade not exactly work. And the latest from Frank Frank Saravalli as of eleven twenty two PM, of course. So he said Dadnov's situation as best as I can understand. Dadnov seems to have properly filed his ten team no trade list with the Sens before the July 1st, 2021 due date. That is when he had to file it for this current league season. He was with the Sens to begin the league season on July 1st, 2021. That, that was me saying this is back to Cervelli. So the Sens traded Dadnov to Vegas on July 28th, 2021. Uh, was the list, which was still valid, passed along to Vegas on the trade call? Cervelli was told that Vegas claims they did not receive the no trade like the the no oh my god what am I, the no team trade list from the sense either way the ducks are supposedly on dadnov's original 10 team no list which should have blocked the trade Servali imagines there would be sufficient electronic evidence to prove the original list was submitted to the sense on time and then 
summary kind of was all of which is said to say it's 11 20 p.m eastern and there's still a deadline day trade that hangs in the balance from the 3 p.m eastern deadline and it's actually critical to vegas for salary cap purposes moving forward not an easy spot for dadinov too who earned the clause of course if all the above is true the ultimate responsibility is born on vegas make to make sure that they are in receipt of the list and the list is on file with the nhl after all, that Dadnov had a 10-team no-trade list is not a secret. It's literally listed on Puckpedia and cap-friendly. So, something something's happening right. there. Vegas I, is shifty. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I mean, Vegas literally didn't get the list. Like, okay, but like, it's also your responsibility to ask. You have because, to know. Like, you have to know that. Oh my God! How don't you? Know? Freaking! I think we know which Bruins have a no. One of them is Nick Foligno. Yeah, thanks for my. Yeah, that's that's funny to see how that might get resolved. Because I I hope whatever happens, I hope it screws Vegas the most. Derek Forward has a I'm modified sorry. no trade clause. Get out of here! <laughs> but I saw Vegas fans the other day saying, "This franchise is pain," and it's like. You've existed since 2017. You almost won yeah. the cup your first year. You have yet to miss the playoffs. Get out of here. I mean, hey, we can say that, you know, the management not not exactly great as of late, but ultimately uh, the team that they they drafted in the expansion draft made the Stanley Cup Finals. They have traded for many great players. Pacioretty, Stone, signed Petrangelo. <laughs> That team is not pain. Sorry. No. <laughs> if they miss the playoffs this year, it still won't even be pain. Like, it'll suck, but, like, you can't say, oh, yeah, nope, this entire team, just pain. One team wins a year, as far as as far as far I last checked, so. True. Um, <sighs> so, I, I think we should end it on one last thing. I don't know if we have questions. I didn't see that, but. Uh, I think there was, like, one, one last Full topic. Yep. Well, not even full topic. It's a brief one. I also uh, have one more thing. John Sweeney talking about Fabian Lysel. Oh, don't get me excited. Um, he, uh, yeah, John say the Sweeney quote. said that he could either... Oh, here's a tweet from Connor Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Sweeney said that Fabian Lysel could join either Providence or Boston this season once his WHL season comes to an end. Uh, quote... He could join either club, to tell you the honest truth. From a skill standpoint, talent standpoint, Fabian has a lot of things we're excited about. Which, that <laughs> is, you know, obviously McAvoy jumped in for the playoffs, and then before that, Pasta jumped up right after his draft that same season. You know, it's very exciting to have one of those kind of prospects. At that, you know, at that point, though, you can't really try to rush him too, though. You know, you can be excited for it, but if you notice he's not sticking or not maybe looking overwhelmed, however you scouts judge that, <laughs> you know, don't keep him out there just to try to rush him and be excited about him. you got to take your time with him because he's quite literally all the Bruins have right now besides that Lori, who's, what, Ohio State, is he, I think? Uh, something like that, I'm yeah. Not, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Overly sold on on him. I think he's good, but I think Lysel's their best prospect at this moment. Yeah, they need to develop him right, so that way when Pasta walks in free agency in a couple of years. Okay, I'm listen. cutting you off. Um, yeah, I, Lysel. I mean, the Van, he plays for the Vancouver Giants. They're basically mm-hmm. making the WHL playoffs. I don't know exactly when those start, but 
you know, you'd be looking at him coming in end of the season, like ending the NHL season slash uh, playoffs, maybe. The only thing is, do not rush him. Yeah. Don't bring him in in the third game against Tampa down 0-2 just because you think, oh, yeah, this team needs a boost. You don't want to ruin your top prospect. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, if he's ready, bring him in, absolutely. But can't rush him. He needs to at least get a few games in with Providence before you even think about bringing him up to the NHL. Because jumping straight from the WHL to the NHL, just like that, uh, that, yeah, I don't think could go too well. But So the Vancouver Giants' last regular season game is April 16th. Yeah. And you got to assume a first playoff series, should they lose, would, you know, be obviously at least a week before any sort of thing happens. So I, I, I don't know if we'll actually get to see him with the NHL Bruins this year. I don't even are the Providence Bruins in a playoff spot. I I do not know. I don't think they are. They might be actually. Let me check. I'm on the Yeah, yeah, right I'm pulling now. up. Oh yeah, they are first in Oh, Second no. They division, did say that they were first in third in their conference. There, but Okay, this is not sorted. What the Oh wait. Yeah, no. This is what? Holy crap. They're fourth. Why isn't it sorted? Yeah, it's all sorted by <laughs> points. Oh my god, a great job, in the AHL. Atlantic Division in the AHL. Uh, okay. I don't know how well, playoff seeding works. But... I'm assuming top four from each, maybe? Yeah, because it doesn't have like a wild card thing. Uh, I, but... I, I couldn't tell you. Maybe it's by conference, honestly. Maybe they stick that. I mean, either way, they're, t- they're top four or top... S- and they're yeah. also top six in the conference, so... So they'll, you know. they'll probably make the playoffs. Maybe he could... Going go for down that. there and, and then be ready to be Tree uh, Spurger on the wing if he resigns next year. Imagine that. That would be fun. Oh my god. Alright, playoffs. Who cares? Lose them. Let's go next year. I'm just kidding. <laughs> GG, go next. Oh god. Yeah, no, but that's encouraging. Yeah. You know, it's no Senishin, but... <laughs> yeah. Um. Alright. The last thing I kind of wanted to say regarding, you know, hockey existing. Um, I want you to give me, as of 11.44 p.m., whew, we've been almost doing this for an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, 11.44 p.m. on yep. March 21st, 2022. Pick a team to win the cup. I... I feel stupid saying this because this has been my team the last couple of years. Uh, Colorado? Am I dumb for saying that? No, because it's who I've said the last like three years, and it just hasn't happened. But And now they're just loaded up even more. Yeah. And I mean, Kadri's having a season unreal. That he's going to get paid so, for. He is, and then he's going to suck. Yep. Well, maybe not suck, but... He's not repeating this. No. Holy crap. I clicked on Elite Prospects real quick, and I see that the leading scorer in the OHL is this 18-year-old that the Dallas Stars took in this last draft, on uh, the 23rd overall, uh, Wyatt Johns- oh. Johns- Johnston. He's got 102 points in 56 games as an 18-year-old. He's only yeah. Before this year, he played 53 games in the OHL in the last two years. <laughs> and he's now just putting up 102. That could be a good one. Anyways... Yeah, I just, 
I mean, they finally have, I mean, last I checked, Kemper doing good. Is he still? I think so. I mean, yeah, he's just been all right, as far as I know. Has he? Oh, I thought he was doing pretty good, but, well, sixth best goalie in terms of goals saved above expected. So. Yeah, okay. So maybe more than all right. Yeah, I mean, hey, they're set up, but I mean, yeah. everything, you know, is, you know, story of the avalanche last two or three years, great on paper, expected to do great, just can't get over the hump, kind of like what the Caps did for so long. Yeah. So, I don't know, and plus, worst thing to go up against in the playoffs sometimes is a locked-in goalie. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers do something. Yeah, don't I, don't quote me on that, but I I can't I, mean, I can't seen trust where them. goalies carry. But yeah, and like Kreider's oh. Kreider has like forty one goals. Kreider's gonna score every night apparently. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I would be able to come up with several reasons for each playoff team in the East mm-hmm. why they could win it. I honestly could. The West? And I could go like two teams on that side. <laughs> Three, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm excited. The East is going to be an absolute bloodbath, and that's... I mean, it's fun for the viewer. Team, but it's going to be fun to watch those other three series. And yeah. <sighs> it's almost time. It's almost time. Yep. You? You're going to go with Colorado? your pick to win the cup if i am picking today yep picking today Careful, or else you might be picking tomorrow yep i'm backing my calgary flames i love yeah i I want to win i like the flames have always been my second team since like literally like 2013 well actually probably since like 2010 because as a kid i just loved the name mika kiprusov and so I just kind of became a Flames fan because of that. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think, you know, they've... They're just so much fun. Them and the Coyotes, back when the Coyotes were starting to build up something. Yeah. And, and they almost made the playoffs that one year. Those two teams in the in the West were my favorite. I don't really like Arizona anymore just because they're completely selling out and the whole arena thing. Well, yeah. I would say Calgary's my second favorite team as well. Not I'm not piggybacking off of you. <laughs> Leave me alone. Pick back but, off of Jess. Yeah. Yep, confirmed. But yeah, they're a really good team. Lucic too leading the way. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, I want I want I want the Flames to do it. It'd be so much fun to see. The team looks really good. They every time I watch them, they just look so fast and so just they they work their asses off and I don't know. I forget which game it was, but they just dominated a good team a little bit ago. And I just watching that, I was like, I don't think any team can beat them in seven. But like I said with the Avs, you never know. It's all cool until you have to actually play the games, and then it's... yeah, so, yeah, all these and games it's should be good. And Goudreau and Monet or Goudreau and Kachuk, their deals are up at the end of the season. Obviously, Goudreau's a UFA, Kachuk's an RFA, but. Those are guys that are going to have to be paid. So if you're in Calgary, that's why they traded for Toffoli, why they traded for Yarncroft, because you got to go for it now, because you don't know. I mean, I'm assuming Goudreau's resigning in Calgary. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Yeah, I but, saw stuff that he really wants to stay. So, but still, it's it's going to be more money. So, 
Yeah, and there's and... always the chance that something happens where a team really pitches a good offer, even though, hey, like, we've heard things like, I really want to stay. I don't want to leave. And they end up leaving to the team that beat them in the Stanley Cup final. So what you're saying is the Bruins are going to beat the Flames in the Cup final, and then Johnny Goudreau is going to go to the Bruins, and David Krejci is going to come back. Wait, no, because because that means Jeremy Swayman is going to suck right after winning the Cup. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, right, true. Sorry, we we can't win the Cup. Oh, wait. No, sorry. (laughs) No, we can't can't win the Cup if it means Swayman sucks. Sorry, no. Yeah, because if Swayman sucks, that's goalie hugs. I think goalie hugs are a source of more happiness than a Cup. Yep. Definitely. Man, if, 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 okay, just picture it in your mind and then get incredibly sad no. thinking about this. Goalie hugs with them lifting the cup together. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. Come on. Come on. Anyways, let's get to, let's let's get get to, to the playoffs first before, we, <laughs> yeah, before you start making me cry. Um, all right. We'll get to the one question that we have uh, from. Uh, Tyler Seeger 9 who always asks questions uh, so well there's multiple questions for this so is there any trades that you that had you saying why didn't the Bruins do that Raquel Raquel yeah uh, if there was one trade that happened that you wish the Bruins wait if there's one trade that happened that that you wish the Bruins would have done what is it is that not the same question uh, um the one trade that happened that you wish the Bruins would have. Uh, it's virtually yeah. the same question. I it mean, is. It's literally the same question. Yeah, I just okay. read it three times out in front of me. It's the same question. All right. The Another one. Then over the over under on days until Sweeney is fired. Um, what is uh, between one to two years? Yeah, whenever the rebuild starts. And then the the last question: Why are you so pissy? Revisit question one, please. <laughs> yeah. God. See answer one. <laughs> that was God Jim Matheson with Dreisaitl. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, that should basically be it. Can imagine um, what we missed. We'll probably think of something. Oh, instantly the moment that this episode ends, we'll uh, we'll think of something. But that's that's all we got. You know, it wasn't, wasn't too oh. much. God. Um, so after an hour and 34 minutes, definitely the longest episode in a long time. Uh, that is all we have. Um, you know, really excited to see how this team comes together in the next, you know, 20 games, obviously. You know, we'll be recording, you know, definitely more frequently. Because I feel like that's what we always do. Kind of, kind of goes with a bit of a lull when it gets to that like January point of the season, because of various factors. But also, it's just like yeah, it's kind of just getting through that track. But post trade deadline, recording a lot more. Bruins will be playing a lot more. They got twenty games in the next f- four or five weeks. Gonna be uh, gonna be pretty crazy. Should be fun. We'll see where the Bruins end up at the end of it. Uh, and as always, thank you for listening. You know, let us know what you think if you li- if you like to do that. And uh, Hampus Lindholm is a Boston Bruin. <laughs>